0: Today, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes about the cross as a place of surrender. The cross as a place of surrender. Listen to these words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37 through 39. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Lord, we just pray you'd add a blessing to the reading of your word and give us insight and understanding, we pray, in Jesus' name. I want to suggest this to you. When we begin to gain a true understanding of the cross, it releases you to do the will of God no matter what the cost. I'll say it to you one more time. When you and I get a true understanding of the cross, it releases you to do the will of God no matter what the cost Things are no longer an issue with the person who understands the cross. Instead, you know the things that God asks you to give up, or the things that God asks you to do, the things that God requires of you that's within his will, the things that he says, I want you to. A lot of people used to have a fear of if they served God, he'd call them to Africa. If I really follow God, he will make me go to Africa and be a missionary to some foreign land with jungles and no running water. Instead, the person who understands the cross understands that it's a privilege. It's a privilege to sacrifice, to serve, or to minister for the God who saved you so that you could live your life for him. Do you hear that odd phrase that we read? It's kind of weird. I don't know what term I want to use for it. It's... Whoever finds his life is going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for Christ's sake will find it. The principle that it's being taught here is if I try to hold on to my life, it's going to slip away from me. But if I willingly give it up, I'm going to find it and more. You know that principle? That if you try to save it, you're going to lose it. If you're willingly to lose it, you'll find it. There's a great spiritual principle behind or being taught here, and it goes against our human nature. It's a life of surrender, and everything within my flesh does not want to surrender. I'll surrender some things, but there's something about the flesh that wants to hold on to something, it wants to hold on to its rights. It wants to hold on to its dreams or its desires. And it so desperately tries, the flesh so desperately tries to fight against this idea of surrender. Even the word surrender, there's something about us that gets upset about that. Surrender, it sounds like a weakness, doesn't it? Surrender sounds like, well, surely you've got to be weak if you surrender. Surely that's not the American way. It's not the flesh's way. Surrender says that God can do more with 90% than what I can do with 10. Surrender says I can turn the other cheek, and in turning the other cheek, I'm actually stronger than when I defend myself. What does surrender, in a practical sense, what is a life of surrender to you? Does that make sense? When you think of a life of surrender, what does that mean to you? She said, putting the Lord's will and purpose, putting what he wants before what we want. Is it hard to surrender to God? Some say no, some say yes. You ever been in one of those traffic lines where everybody's fighting each other? No one will let the other person go. And it's like if each of you will just kind of each take your turn, we can keep going here. But no one wants to let someone else get ahead of them. Let me ask you this, do you ever feel that what God is asking of you, now I know that we're all like really spiritual, we would never think this way, but do you ever feel like what God is asking of you is too great of a sacrifice? How many of you do the will of the Lord all the time? Well, then obviously we feel that what he's asking for us at times is too great of a sacrifice. Whenever he asks me to give up feelings of unforgiveness and I resist, what am I saying? No, what you're asking me to do is too much. Whenever he asks us not to have the wrong attitude and we say, no, you're asking me. When we say no to the voice of the Holy Spirit, when the promptings of God, really what we're saying is, Lord, what you're asking of me is too great of a sacrifice, You know, I would say to take us even a little further, let's say you have bad habits or you have things that, you know, God wants you to surrender to him. And when we choose to hold on to them, when we hold on to them, we're saying, God, you're asking too much of me. Now we may not in our minds think that, but ultimately that's what we're communicating. When we do not do his will, we're saying, God, you're asking too much of me. Now one of the things when I ask you that question, I should have said this, I'm not asking do you feel overwhelmed, or do you feel afraid, or do you feel unprepared, kind of like Suzanne said, do you feel not equipped, do you feel worn out, or do you feel at a breaking point, because there's a lot of times that maybe God asks us to do something, and if we're honest, we feel like we're not equipped, or we feel, God, I can't. I don't know how to do that. I don't have enough strength to do that. I don't have enough ability to do that. But I want you you to think about this. The things that God asks of you, is there anything that God could ask of you in which you would say, God, you're asking too much? May I suggest this to you? When we have the cross in view and in its proper perspective, when you have the cross in view and in the right perspective... What God asks of you is not too much. Think about that just for a second. There's times, there again, we we use the illustration of God asking someone to give up something. To go on the mission field. When God asks someone to surrender, to leave their job. My wife's father left his job. They had a brand new home and a Corvette. He was a union electrician. He was running jobs. He was the... Foreman for her grandfather had a company. They were set. (laughs) Brand new house, everything. And they get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit out of the Catholic church. And he felt God calling him into ministry. And he sold his home and took his wife and two little kids and goes off to Bible school. What God was asking of him wasn't too great for him. It was like, Lord, what you've done in my life, it's a privilege to serve you. It's an honor to work for you. Can I just suggest this to you? There's sometimes th- that God asks us, maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in a relationship in your home, a marriage, and God asks you to endure some type of difficulty. And there's times where we say, God, you're asking too much. If we're really honest, people are saying, God, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. Someone mistreats you or someone hurts you in some way. And you know that the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about staying in abusive situations, but you know that the Holy Spirit wants you to forgive. Or you know the Holy Spirit wants you to keep quiet. Or you know the Holy Spirit wants you to do good to someone who is hurting you. And there's times where we say, God, you're just, no. You're asking too much of me. I can't do that. I won't do that. I won't put up with that. How many of us have ever said that before? I will not put, no way, you will not do this, no way. I will not stand for this. Now, if the cross is in its right place, and if we have the proper perspective, when God asks you to do things, I want you to know this, he's not going to ask you to do something that is too great for you to do. Too much of a sacrifice. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says this, For Christ's love compels us, because we're convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. He died for all. What's the next part say? He died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Hmm. The cross is a place of surrender. Christ did in our lives. He died so that those who live should no longer live for ourselves. On the cross, Jesus surrendered himself completely to the will of the Father. It was the price that Jesus was willing to pay for our sins. The cross for you and I is a place of surrender to the will of the Father. We read earlier that anyone who is not willing to take up his cross and follow Jesus... Is not worthy of him. Here's the question Have you counted the cost? Not what it's going to cost you. Have you counted the cost of what it cost him to redeem you? Have you ever seen people, maybe sometimes your kids, and like you ask them to do something for you? Maybe your kids are a little bit older and you ask them, Could you help me with this? I ain't going to do that. You ever see someone like a person who, that would be a good thing. They want paid, so other people do things for them, and they want paid for everything they do. Or family members or people take care of them in so many ways, and when it comes time for them to help out with the family, you know what I mean? It's like those things where a parent would ask their kid, hey, can you mow the lawn? Oh, mow the lawn. A person, they're like, no, 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 what you're asking of me is so great. And they have no idea. It's like they're immature and they're blind to what's been done for them. And I think sometimes in our walk with God, there's times where you have to get it in proper perspective of saying, look what God has done for me. Look at the cost that he paid upon the cross of Calvary. When we talk about counting the cost, what was it that he paid for my redemption? What was it that he did for me? And he asked me and gives me the privilege and the honor to serve him, to be his spokesman. So wherever he asks us to go, well, Lord, wherever you want me to go, that's where I want to go. Wherever you want me to be, that's what I want to be. Whatever you want me to do, that's what I want to do. Why? Because we look at the cross and we see what Christ has done for us. When you and I are unwilling to do the will of God, we've lost focus upon the cross of Calvary. When we're at that point where we're saying, Lord, you're asking way too much of me. I'm not saying that at times emotionally we don't feel like we can do it. I'm not saying that at times spiritually we're not spent and we're not worn out and we're not overwhelmed. And at times we don't feel unprepared. And at times we don't feel that we're equipped to do it. I'm talking about those times where we're just, we where, where in our heart, we say, no, that's, you're asking too much. A good principle of this would be in the scripture whenever Jesus talked to the rich young ruler and he said, what do I got to do? And he say, oh, you need to do this. I've done all these since I was a child. Jesus says, well, you lack like one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come follow me and the Bible says that that man went away downcast because he was, had great wealth. Well, he didn't really have great wealth. His great wealth had him. What is it that what God asks of you, do you say that what he's asking of you is more than what he was willing to do for you on the cross? When we talk about leadership, see, here, there's a really incredible principle that Jesus teaches here in leadership. As a leader, you never ask people to do something that you won't do. It's not right. Jesus set that example. If, if as a leader, if you want people to be servants, then you have to be a servant. If you want people to, to sacrifice, then you have to be willing to set the tone and, and to take that leadership there. And what I found is that when you're willing to serve other people, other people around you want to serve. When a leader is willing to be a giver, other people around them want to be givers. Whatever a leader is willing to do, it seems like something about that motivates other people to do that. There's just something about it. Jesus is not unfair when he asks us to sacrifice, when he asks us to take up our cross, because he took up his cross. I read this recently. The cross is not something that you have to bear. It's not something that you have no choice about. It is something that you choose to bear. When Jesus tells us to take up our cross, he's not talking about resigning yourself to an unavoidable situation or circumstance that you can't avoid and have no choice about. He's calling you instead to make a choice about the Father's will and his ways. There are things that we submit ourselves to by the will of God. We choose to do His will. When we first started this series, we talked about how the cross was a necessity. And how Jesus showed this by saying how he must. That was a key word. And there's a bunch of verses that we could look at. Just real quick in Matthew 16, 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. And suffer many things at the hand of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. In Mark 14, 49, every day I was with you, Jesus said, teaching in the temples, courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scripture must be fulfilled. All of these things, that, as Jesus was talking about, that are leading up to his crucifixion upon the cross are a must, Okay? These are things that he must do. But he wasn't forced to. He understood that what he must do was in the will of God. It was in the will of God. This was the link to doing the Father's will. He knew that the Father's will included the cross. So he always kept moving in that direction. When we look at Jesus' life, we see how he handles the Father's will. You also see how he handles the Father's will in your life as well. Because isn't he living his life through you at conversion? Jesus said, I got to do this. It wasn't that he was forced to. His desire was to do the Father's will. And so, hey, he said, you know, these are things that must take place so that the prophecy can be filled. And there's some things in our lives, there's some crosses, there's some things that God's going to ask of us to do his will that we have to surrender ourselves to. Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. When we talk about the cross in our lives, we're talking about releasing your life in such a way that Jesus can live his life through you. Releasing your will to him in such a way so that God can live his life through you. It's just like, Lord, I surrender. From personal experience, the things that I try to hold on to are the things that are a frustration to me. The things I don't want to give up Those are the things that cause me the most frustration and the most pain. The things that I'm able to surrender to God are the things that he takes. I'm saying, I don't really want to give this to you, God. I don't really want to do this. And when I come to the point of surrender and yield my will to God, then God takes that and blesses it and gives me back something so many times so much better. And I'm like, why did I make such a big deal out of this? Didn't I realize he was trying to do something better through me and in me? Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 and you could read throughout the rest of that I think maybe the next four verses but Paul talks about this let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus and it talks about he didn't consider equality with God something to be grass but he made himself nothing he surrendered himself to the will of God The reality of it is this. We can let this mind be in us. We can let the mind of Christ be in us. What Paul is saying is let God have his way to accomplish his purpose in our life. Even if it's death on a cross, at what point in our lives, and we're going to finish up in just a moment, at what point in our lives are you going to say no to the will of God? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Now, I'll be honest with you. I see some people going through things, and I stand back and I say, oh, God, I don't know how. I don't want to go through those things. You know, like you see people suffering and you see people facing difficulties and, you know, you just you pray for them. But along the way, we're going to tell God no at. At what point, what point along the way do we say, Lord, no, not your will, but mine be done? The cross represented God's will for Jesus. In the same way, when it talks about taking up your cross, May I suggest to you that the cross represents God's will in your life. The cross that he's asking you to take up and follow him is whatever God reveals as his personal will for your life. Most of us are not going to be called upon to bear a cross across the country or to be beaten or to die a martyr's death. But you are called to bear a cross. All of us are. There's going to be a cross you're going to have to bear. May I suggest to you that that cross is whatever God reveals as his will. And what is the cross that the Father is asking you to take up? Think about that for a moment. What is it that he's asking you? To take up your cross, surrender, and follow him. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is he asking you to trust him in? Maybe he's asking you to surrender a family member to him. Maybe he's asking you to surrender a job to him. Maybe he's asking you, one of the hardest things to surrender to God is dreams. I got some dreams that I just, you know, I I think God wants me to surrender to him. I don't want to give you that dream. I want to hold on to that dream. And yet whenever I give him my dreams, he can give me his dreams. Isn't that crazy? I'm holding on to what I think. Do you ever have those things where you say, God, this is the way it's got to be. I can't be happy if you don't do it this way. And God's saying, well, give me your dreams. What if I give you my dreams, I'm going to die. If I give up my dreams, what do I have to live for? He's like, I'll give you my dreams. Whose dreams would you rather have? Would you rather have yours? Your size dreams or God dreams? I want his dreams for my life. But sometimes they're hard to surrender to him. So as we close, the question for you is, what is the cross that the Father is asking you to take up? What is he asking you to surrender? And how long are you going to fight against him? When we look back and we see all that Christ has done for us, He's expressed his love for us. He's expressed his concern. He's expressed his desires for us upon the cross. The principle is the servant's not greater than his master. And if he suffered, there's going to be some things that we have to suffer. There's going to be some things that we have to surrender. And what I find ironic is sometimes it would be easier for some people to face some kind of persecution or suffering than to give up their will to God's. We don't see that as being spiritual. And yet that's what God asks of us. Will you surrender your will to me? Because what happens there? Jesus came to do the will of the Father. And that's really the calling that's on us. To do the will of the Father. So I want to just pray. Lord, I just pray tonight. As you bring us back to the cross. And we see all that Jesus suffered and died. And all that he bore upon himself. And then you ask us, Lord, he was at a place of surrender. He said, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. God, I pray that as you bring us to a place of the cross, that place of surrender. Lord, I pray that it would almost be like some of us would just like take the plunge. I know this sounds weird, but it's like standing at the edge of a swimming pool and it's cold and we're afraid to get in the water. And and we put our foot in and we pull it back. And sometimes that's the way it is with surrendering to you. We put our foot in and we pull it back and we go back and forth. And you're saying to us, just take the plunge, son. Just take the plunge, daughter. Just dive in and and yield yourself to me and see what I'll do for you. Lord, I pray that we would be honored, that we would consider it an honor to carry your cross. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.